welcome to the inaugural edition of the Misho Mission Presents Ripples in Time, our kindred podcast. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Triple. And as always, I am joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. And on this show, we've got not one extra host. We've got two extra hosts, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it's a four-pack of hosts coming your way here on Ripples in Time. And I will let our lovely hosts introduce themselves one by one, starting with the away team, which would be Charlie. Oh, <laughs> um, hi everyone. I'm Charlene Griffith Oro, aka Charlie Brownskin, aka Lilith Tribble. Uh, and I'm so happy to be back into the mix with y'all. Cool, cool, cool. And in studio with me here in the bat base, we have longtime friend, Tribble, and fan of the Michelle Mission. Introduce yourself. Hey, it's your girl, Ariel, a.k.a. the Amalgam Tribble, a.k.a. Uh, Uncanny Tribble. It's been a long time. And a.k.a. Bruce Leroy Tribble. If you are uh, a Tribble alum and you remember all the a.k.a.s, I'm happy to be here. Happy to be talking about Kendra today. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. This is going to be a lot of fun. We are covering Kindred, which is a new series that debuted on Tuesday on Hulu by way of FX. And this is the first, I think I was going to say uh, live action, but I think this is actually the first adaptation of any of the works of Octavia Butler. Mm -hmm. Televised. You know, I think... Yeah, there's been an opera and, you know, but, but yeah, televised. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't even know that there was an opera. There was, there was an opera of her work. Toshi Rakin's work has been Mm -hmm. incredible. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Well, what we're doing, we realize that the entire series, all eight episodes of Kindred did drop on Hulu on Tuesday, but we are going to be reviewing the show one episode at a time. That is all, which means that tonight we are going to be reviewing episode one, which is titled Dana. And this is how things are going to go here on this show. We're going to give you a full review of the show. So if you haven't watched the episode, there's spoiler alert. We are going to spoil some things from the show. That's going to be the, the top half of our show. We are then going to stop. We're going to give you uh, a special feature that we like to call here, what, as in what would Octavia think? As we will give an, an people and uh, our, our thoughts on what Octavia Butler would have thought of this first episode of Kindred. Then the second half of the show, we are going to give you BVS, book versus show. This is where we are going to actually look at what happened in the episode versus what happened in the actual book, Kindred. And we're going to end things with Butler stuff where we will give you some fun factoids about Octavia Butler. First, let's give the the audience um, just a, a brief synopsis of where we all stand with Octavia 
Butler and with Kendra. And I'll start with you, Ariel. Oh, okay. So I am uh, fairly new to uh, Octavia's Brood, if you will. Um, I've read uh, Kindred and I've read Parable of a Sower mm-hmm. thus far, but Kindred was the the first book that I read of Octavia's, and I read it in preparation for the graphic novel that dropped because I was oh, like, yeah. oh, before I read the graphic novel, I actually want to read. You know, I like I like source material. Uh, but it was very, very heavy. And needless to say, after I read the book, I was not in the spirit <laughs> to read the graphic <laughs> novel. I was like, okay, I can't read this twice back to back. So I need a little bit of a break. Um, uh, but it's definitely, you know, I think a very profound work and speaks to um, just the history of slavery in this country and, the, and, the, and, and in a real way, the ripples of it, mm-hmm. you know, and just the entangledness of it um it's all very messy and she i think she deals with that uh perfectly in in the book and i'm excited to see you know how the series how the mini series adapts it and i mean and and you know we've watched the first episode so there are some big changes that they make and so i am curious to see how that's going to play out versus you know what i know in the book so, Vincent, where where do you stand with uh, Octavia Butler? Because you actually met Octavia Butler, correct? Yeah, I actually met her a, a few times. A few times. Oh, I, that's I've, cool. Yeah, I've 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 been a fan of Butler's for for decades. You know, I've read everything that she published. I actually, mm-hmm. my my graduate work was actually focused on Octavia Butler, so I'm. I'm I'm pretty deep into Octavia Butler. Okay, and, so. and 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 as deep as you are into Octavia Butler, I believe that Charlie, you might you might give him a run for his mon- money in in uh, Octavia lore. Perhaps, maybe. I'm more excited about Vince. Like we need to we need to huddle up, honestly. There's <laughs> other there's other work that I will be completely honest is more interesting to me than Kindred. Mm-hmm. Um, being honest, the fact that, you know, we're here and Kindred is the first um, thing being adapted for film, for TV um, is interesting. And we'll talk more about that together. I love, I love that we're going to address that. Um, but I have been a reader at her archive in Pasadena at the Huntington library. I've also read, I wouldn't say all, I think, 95% of what has been published of her works. Mm-hmm. Um, I own a couple of um, original prints, in, um, including one that was on fancy. Cause my wife knows, you know, I'm a collector also. Um, <laughs> and I also, I would say that I've also distributed probably hundreds of copies of her book at my own expense because of her books, because I just believe that every black person in America if not the world should be reading, um, you know, mm-hmm. Olivia Butler. So I, I love her. I consider her a godmother of mine or at least an auntie. And um, yeah, I actually came about her work just after her passing. Uh, oh yeah. So she passed in uh, 2006, right? Yeah. yeah. Six. And I came upon her work when I got to Philadelphia in 2008 and um, it, profoundly shifted my worldview and my life. 
I'm the rookie here with Octavia Butler because I've always been a, a fan in theory of her and what she represents, but I've not read any of her work. So I come into this uh, a complete novice. And and since I have heard of Octavia Butler, all I've ever heard was there were, uh, you know, this person was trying to adapt this and this person was trying to adapt that. So I was just waiting for something to be adapted. And I don't like to... If I know something's being adapted, I don't like to read the book. I want to just take it in for what it is. So I never took in any of Octavia Butler. So now this is actually the first time my introduction to Octavia Butler. And I would uh, hasten to say that this probably is, you know, the, the majority of the audience, their first introduction to Octavia Butler, because as popular as she was, she was still very much, you know, genre uh, of, of sci-fi and, and Afrofuturism. And even if you say that you're a sci-fi fan, only like really deep cut sci-fi fans, um, as far as the general public, you know, found their way to Octavia Butler. You know what I mean? So this is probably like a, the, the first time people really come in upon her work, you know? Um, so let's get into it. Let's get into the first episode of Kindred. Uh, Dana, the synopsis from IMDb for this episode goes that Dana comes to town expecting a warm welcome from family, but she's met with the opposite. Some comfort arrives in the form of a new friend. That is the synopsis from IMDb. I don't know. We can argue whether or not that succinctly tells you what happened in that episode or not. But Kindred stars Mallory Johnson in the title as Dana. It also has Mikhail Stock, uh, Ryan Cotain, Gail Rankin, D David Alexander, Sophia Brown, uh, Shira, Shira Irving, and in this episode, it also features, and uh, Austin Smith is also in, in the episode, this first episode of Kindred. The episode starts like, boom, like right right there with Dana laid out on the floor. Um, and then it, after she uncomfortably tries to deal with her circumstance, it cuts back, I believe, to two days earlier. Uh, which is when the the series begins, famously set in 2016, which is one of the one of the big changes from the book. We'll talk about that in the BVS mm -hmm. portion. And she's she's moved and she's she sold her grandmother's house. She's moved to Los Angeles, bought herself a house, going to see her aunt, who's the she, who she thinks wants to see her. But uh, and, and it's important to note there's a, her aunt on her father's side. Her aunt is a little upset that she sold her grandfather, her mother, uh, her grandmother's house. She's a little squirrely about things. Um, there's a waiter who is the most un, um, stalkerish waiter I've ever met, who's just like like just standing there, just hovering, checking out everything. So much so that he knows everything going on with Dana, so that he can make his move. Um, and th from there, you know, it, it deals with time travel and she gets um, 
for some reason poured it back in time in her house uh and you learn that she's going back to this plantation back in i think 1815 it's, it's, 1815. Yeah, 1815. And she keeps coming up upon this young boy, saving this young boy. Um, and lo and behold, people seem to know her. She seems to resemble somebody. And it seems like she resembles the person, this this uh, slave back in those days, who is her mother. We don't know what's going on. We, we kind of think we know what's going on, but not sure what's going on. I've given you the synopsis as I saw it. Let's get into it. Let's go at it. Where do you want to start? I'll let Vincent, my co-host on the show mission, take the lead. Where do you want to start with this, Vince? I mean, I don't know where to start without without bleeding over into the other parts that, you, you know, I, I think it's very difficult to go into it without thinking about the changes from the book. True, but let's so so let's focus on this as the show itself. As the show itself, I like the production values. Mm -hmm. Looks like looks like you know it's it's been supported. I I think they spent money. They spent money on it. I I think the acting is is good. I think I think you can tell they wanted to drop all eight episodes at once. Cause I did feel like just as a distinct, discrete episode, it was very incomplete as far as the story. Like the, like so much of the episode was made up with this kind of meat cute between Dana and Kevin. Right. At, that you don't, you, you didn't really get into the, the, the the sort of, of of nitty-gritty of what the story is going to be until halfway through the episode. Like like one thing, you know, she she travels back in time three times in the episode. The first couple of times that she travels back, it happens very quickly. And mm-hmm. and you know that the 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 show in the first episode is kind of holding their cards close to the vest about whether or not she's actually traveling. Is she hallucinating? Is something else going on? It's only in the last five five minutes or so that you get the sense that this is going to be what the episode is focused on. So as a first episode, it was okay to me without bringing in the book stuff, which is almost impossible for me to do. I, I I see that. I see I see you're struggling yeah. with that. Um yeah. I and it's see- not fair. I think it's not fair for many of us to judge it the way it's going to be judged. Like people have waited literally decades. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and the bottom line is it's not going to look like it has looked in your head for literally 30 years. Right. Right. So You you know, I almost want to remove myself from this part of it. Okay, well, you can't. (laughs) You can't, Vincent. You can't. But, okay, as someone who was taking it in just for the first time, like the meet cute part ran a little long, but it was 
it was, it was, I enjoyed it because it made me uncomfortable because dude was definitely a little stalkerish, but he also seemed like he was being sincere. So it's like, all right, he's, he's like, cause he's, he's hovering over the table. He's checking out the, the that there's vibes between the aunt and uncle and her. That's not really cool. And he, he uses that as a, as a way to, make his move and give her a ride home. And it seems like it's a little quick. And, um, but he's also being sincere about being interested in her. You know what I mean? And, and every, he doesn't really make any false moves in that way, except that it may be for some people seems a little quick. So, so it's uncomfortable, but it's, it, it seems sincere. And then when it does go a little left, you're like, Whoa, what, wait a minute this is this is this is taking the jump this is this is taking me someplace else like what what's going on but that's like that's like good thrillers good drama right now uh, that's like jordan peele and 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 nia da casa that's what they're doing in their works which you could tell they probably got their influence from octavia butler in that in that way so that resonated with me i don't i, I don't know about you what about you charlie <clears throat> i mean i i reread the graphic novel mm-hmm. adaptation. <clears throat> what are you people it? reading stuff to prep for it? Y'all, y'all have read this like nine thousand times. Why do y'all? <laughs> are you really criticizing us for reading? I guess. I guess for reading multiple, reading the same thing multiple times. <laughs> Go ahead, Charlie. Go ahead. It's fine. It's fine. I think you know, building building upon the scholarship of you know, Octavia Butler's sort of legacy is, is happening here. It's, it's also, there's a popular critique here. I, I liked it as like a, I liked it as a episodic that I would have binge watched if we didn't have this particular directive that we were set on. Um, I would have just watched it straight through. I probably would have watched it over and over I might've binged it and then went back to it and watched again. Um, I was, I will be completely honest. I was very, I was nearly enraged at how different it was. Charlie said it first. Charlie said it first. For about 75% of the episode until I realized what was going on. Um, with the adapt with the adaptation of an adaptation, because this is what I will say about having read the graphic novel again. It's really actually, I think, masterful the way that the graphic novel and the way that this episodic is managing to fit so much, so much mm-hmm. context in so that we can get on with the rest of her time traveling journeys. It's not easy to fit that amount of like buildup and relation, relational stuff in. Um, I think we saw with Lovecraft Country, like the, you know, going back in time and trying to figure out how Letty was like related to yeah, people yeah. and we saw how that worked out. So with this, I was like, that's great. The fact that they set things up in the first episode, it was hard to watch for an avid, you know, Mama Octavia person, but it was okay. I'm, I was willing to be that uncomfortable 
for 75% of the first episode <laughs> um, in order for the rest of the series <laughs> to land. What about you, Ariel? What did you think? What did you think about that? Because you've, you've read the graphic novel. You've seen the Toshi Reagan. You've read the book. Again, it's hard for me to talk about it without bringing in the the book specifically. Um, I think for me, it's like I always kind of fall back to like the source material and it's like, okay, if you're going to change the source material, there should be a reason for that. I mean, because I think, I think Kindred is solid. I don't think you have to change anything. So for them to make these specific changes, I'm curious to see where is this, where is this going? Right. And how is this going to land us in a different spot than the source material did? Um, But so to take a step back from that so that I'm not bringing up the book, I will say from like a production side, and I guess I'll throw this question to Lynn, producer extraordinaire, I guess I don't understand the decision to release it all at once. You know, I know it's a, I know it's a miniseries, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, and even you said that this, you felt like this particular episode, not a whole lot happened. So you would, the, you know, we live in a, a binge society. So so your first instinct is like, well, I'll just watch the next episode. But I almost wish that people had were forced to like deal with this episodically and not just binge it. Yeah. Um, to actually yeah. like read it and kind of reflect on it, especially because like for the novel, the novel is broken up in a very specific way. I think I would have appreciated like a little bit of of pause between what's next, what's next, instead of just, you know, just this um, instant gratification thing. So so do you, do you, do you, I I guess I just wonder, is it a thing, were they nervous about it? Did they think if we release it episodically, we might not grab people? This is new territory, you know, as in Hmm. the, like you said, the general public is probably not that aware of Octavia Butler. So maybe they don't want to lose people. I just, I just wonder like what, why that decision to release it all at once? Well, it could have been any one of a, uh, uh, a bunch of things. It could have been just, um, especially considering that they release it like right around the Christmas holiday, there could have been the thought of giving something, people something to watch during the holidays and watch as, as a full story. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it could have been because it is only going to be eight episodes. Is it, do we want to release this individually or do we just want to do it in one long, one long chunk? Um, it also, to be, to be fair, it also could mean that despite the production values to, that appear on the screen, the fact is, is that this is um, a series that not only is written by a writer that is pro- primarily unknown to a lot of people, It there's no names in the cast. So mm-hmm. there's also could be the thought that they, how, how confident were they that this would pull in an audience, right? So do you want to run the risk of doing it episodically and then it doesn't pull an audience but then you're on the hook for eight weeks of advertising for it and everything Mm. like that so um or do you just put it out there and if it gets a following great maybe we'll do some more um if not well then it's out there and and it's it's over and done we shot our shot 
you know? So it actually could be any one of those things. I myself, you know, there are some things I love to binge and there, there are some things that I love to just kind of like let marinate. This is one of those things that I do wish that they probably, that they had released you know, one at a time, because I think of the excitement that built from Lovecraft Country or from Watchmen, from just, you know, waiting on pins and needles for the the um, the continuation of the story. Right. They even Netflix learned that a little bit with Stranger Things and how they kind of split up some of the some of the last most recent season, as opposed to just dropping it all at once. So. Uh, I do think that would have been served it better. Um, my thoughts on the episode itself, though, in regards to that, is that while I I love the idea, I love the story, and we'll get more into the story and what it what is there, and her being pulled back in time and everything to meet her mother. I do think that the the thrill of those moments. Like there are moments where you are, you're supposed to not be scared, but you're definitely supposed to be intense, right? When she jumps back in time and she's in the middle of a, of, of a fire or she jumps back in time and she's being, she's being chased in the woods, you know, as like, almost like an escaped slave. Um, you're, you're supposed to be like, Oh, Oh, oh my God, what's, what's happening? It's like, Oh, and she, she meets her mother. Like, Oh, she meets her mother. And I got to say, those moments, I don't think they landed with me the way that they wanted to. They wanted them to, you know, Um, and I don't know if that is a byproduct of the acting, which I think for the most part is solid or the direction, um, the cinematography. I don't know. But for some for one reason or another, those moments just didn't land. I didn't feel like as ratcheted up as I know they wanted me to feel, you know? Um, And for that reason, I got to give the, like the episode why I liked it. It was like, uh, okay. All right. Um, This is what we've been waiting for. I don't know. I don't know what's to come. So it might build into something fantastic. But if I'm judging this on this first episode, you know, I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Honestly, this is one of those things. I don't know if I would have continued. I'm just being put it straight up out there. That's how I felt about it. Um, I thought the acting was solid, but I actually thought that the lead, Mallory Johnson, she didn't grab me. Well, I think she's she comes across as awkward to me, as does Kevin. And maybe that's the it's, whole are they, thing. It, are they supposed to be? It's like no. The, I mean, no. 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 And again, they, no. and again. So you gotta save it for the. It's again, it's hard. The book to series piece. So mm. without like jumping to the book, I'll just say that their relationship is more established than the book. So okay. this rushed meet cute where they've not only they meet, they date and have sex and then she disappears all in one episode like that's a lot to kind of take in and accept mm-hmm. um and i think so i think they are awkward because they're not comfortable with each other and then i think their characters are awkward like he feels awkward to me and she feels awkward and um and she she seems compulsive which is also taking me 
out, out of it, it a little bit uh, because I didn't, if I described her character, I wouldn't describe it as impulsive, but you know, she sold her, sold her grandmom's house, you know, moved to California, didn't tell her relatives. And now that's kind of, and, and while, you know, I feel like she's not obligated to, you know, if, if the, the grandma left her the house, I mean, yeah, she can do what she wants with it, but it does seem like she's kind of running off unhinged. Cause did she not buy like a $7,000 mattress? <laughs> It's like, uh, your money ain't like that. You sold a house and you don't have another house to sell. I think that it was par for the course though. Like the, having dated and, you know, built a relationship with someone in 2016 using social media, um, as one of the tools for communication, um, the way that they met and it was awkward, they did the ride home the suggestive, you know, eggplant emoji. (laughs) Come on. Um, It was very like, it was very 2016 of them. And I do think that the meat, I think the meat cute was appropriate for the modernity that they were bringing to the characters and to the story. Um, And I think that, Again, this is me suspending my knowledge of what happens in the book, graphic novel. It made sense to me that this person, this man, this weird man (laughs) that she would have sexual chemistry with would be there to be the one to tell her it is real. I will say the one problem that I had with that shit is that it's a white man. And I mean, honestly, I had a problem with it being a white man in the graphic novel and in the book. So <laughs> that's, you know, you I know have to what, throw my though, hands Charlie, up about that one. In a lot of way, I think that's part of, sorry, Lynn, but I mean, I, I can't, I can't hold it back. Don't hold back. That's part of the wonderful tension in the book. Though. Oh, sure. Like, I think that's what Butler's actually trying to get at in the book that it already looks like to Lynn's point about he wouldn't necessarily watch a second episode of this. I think the book is so hard that they had to sand the edges, but in sanding the edges, you take away what makes Kindred Kindred. And, you know, again, with the disclaimer, we've only watched one episode, but just with this one episode, I like I didn't feel that tension that you have with Dana and Kevin's whiteness that I think is part of the story. Like that's in the text of the book. Like the book, like they seem like a cute couple on the show. Not that cute. Not that cute. <laughs> it, like to Charlie's point, in 2016, the way couples millennials let's put it out there meet there is a shorthand to it yes that i think this um that while they are awkward with one another this is the way this is the way it happens right but i think also that tension that you talk about between a a white woman and uh excuse me a, a a white man and a black woman is felt when she out out of nowhere at least to me gets upset because he calls her princess 
Yeah, but that has nothing to do with him being white. Well, I I, I read it as I read it. No, she was still pissed at her aunt because her aunt called her a princess. That's what that was about. Yeah, it did. It triggered the conversation with her aunt from before. Yeah, that has nothing to do with him being white. But don't you think that the the tension of the 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 race dynamic is there already? They just felt like two awkward people who don't know each other very well who are starting a relationship. And I didn't feel like his whiteness was really a fa- it has not is not a factor yet. Mm. Um I, I mean obviously it will become a factor, but it's not a factor yet. Um so again, any any tension I think is coming from just their general awkwardness. I think, you know, her initial distrust of him, like I actually appreciated that whole thing. Like, you know, I'm not a murderer uh, because as someone who has online dated, I've definitely said that to somebody. I was like, <laughs> you could be a murderer. So not like that, but. How he announces it to the, like the restaurant. Yeah, like, yeah. So I thought, I actually thought that was funny. And, and actually that part made me kind of like him you know, mm-hmm. for not knowing him very well. I was like, oh, that that kind of made me laugh. And again, him acknowledging like why she might be put off by this strange man who's like, oh, I'll, I'll give you a ride. Um, but again, I don't think any of the tension thus far has been due to his whiteness, you know, versus her blackness or anything like that. And it's one episode. And it's one episode. But I think, I mean, I, like again, obviously the the race piece is going to, come in to play but i think it will be interesting to see because again from the the book perspective you are dealing with a couple who is more established in their race relationship versus these people who just met each other and now Mm -hmm. they're about to go through something really you know fucked up if i can say i i really have to get us back to the race dynamic i i I think it shows up over and over again. Him being so intrusive at the dinner with her black aunt and black uncle, that was all about his whiteness and white male privilege. Him being into the old um, R&B records that she threw away, like his consumption of black culture in that moment, him not expecting her to purchase the $7,000 mattress. And like feeling that he had the right to say something about it. To me, that's all his privilege. Black folks would not know if if I purchase a seven thousand dollar mattress, there'd be a few people who'd be chiming. Yes. (laughs) Who'd be chiming. (laughs) That knew you, people that knew you. I'm sorry, but there's I if I'm dropping dollars. The person that I'm with needs to be quiet and enjoy that they're about to get lunch on me, my treat. Not say nothing about me being no princess. That was uh, to me that was race dynamic all the way through. His show meant for you to interpret it that way, or did you pull that out yourself? I think that that's the way that white men move right now with black women when they're dating. I think that that's. No, I agree with you. But do you think the show was saying Sure. Just like the show meant for us to see them have this fast romance through the dating app. She made that move. She saw that she could match with him. She pursued him. You know what I mean? Like, I think that all of it was intentional. 
I don't as much as much as based on what I know about the book, I want to be critical. I also, and I think this is getting into the next seg- segment a little bit about what would Octavia think. So I won't go there. Maybe I'll hold it until that segment for me to say this, what I have on my mind and on my heart. All right. So uh, let's move on. Let's move off of the white guy. Let's move off of Kevin for, for a minute. Is that his name, Kevin? Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Let's move off Ke- Kevin for a little bit. And let's get into like, you know, the last 15, 20 minutes of the show, which is like the meat of it and her being pulled back in time. And uh, back to this plantation, which the one question I want I want to ask, is she being pulled back? And I guess maybe we don't know this. Is she being pulled back because of the house that she's in or because of her age? Like, why? Why now is whatever happening being activated in her life? Well, didn't the mom say that? it happened to her at the same age. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. that's that's something they changed. Yeah, that's something they changed, but I feel like I just, I, maybe the age is significant. Right. I don't... Because it the, can't be the house. Yeah, because I don't it's think it's the a, house. Because it, it's a brand new house, right? right? I don't think it's nothing the house. No family connection. I don't think it's so the house. I, so I was just wondering what activated it. But this whole thing is off the rails. So, you know, maybe... It's, it's off the rails. But yeah. I think that the princess thing with the aunt is more telling than we know. I think that because of the way that people are talking, because we hear her aunt talking about her mother's mental illness, right? People thought that her mother was crazy. So Mm -hmm. I think that there's something about the way that her aunt is is calling her out for being impulsive. Mm -hmm. I think the way, I think that we're being set up to understand that, the impacts of not having her mother present have impacted her in such a way that she's now seeking out her mother in this like other realm. And it's being triggered by being reminded by her family that, you know, her Mm. mother had mental illness and like her aunt is clearly, she told her you're sick, you know? So I think that like, I think it's tied up in some generational curse type stuff okay all right it's supposed to be rufus who rufus the little boy oh he's rufus rufus okay okay oh because rufus is supposed to be like the 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 the, The catalyst the catalyst yeah because she keeps going back to him at different stages of his life first when he was a baby um being laid on his uh, yeah he was on his stomach laid on his stomach it did creep me there because, you know, you hear about babies being laid on their stomach, but watching that baby being laid, like on a stomach and being unable to move, that did creep me out a little but bit. But I actually, I couldn't tell. I was like, was he laid on his stomach or did he flip over? I thought no. he flipped over. No, no, no. Th- th- that baby looked, it looked like she, it looked like that baby was intentionally laid on his stomach. It looked like her mama laid him on his stomach. It looked yeah, like it. Exactly. Maybe she was doing that so that her daughter wouldn't get pulled back in time to save his ass. But she but she we also was really surprised. I don't know. Here. This is a whole plot thread that's yeah. been introduced. Maybe it's space aliens. Maybe it's aliens. Maybe. I don't, know. don't do that, Vincent. I don't know. Don't do I'm that. sorry. <laughs> I don't know. 
apparently Kindred needed some more plot. <laughs> You're big mad, man. You're big mad about it. Lynn, can we move on to the next section, please? <laughs> well, I want. I mean, is there anything else that we want to say about the show, it, the, the the episode itself? Like, like, do you think that for a first episode of a TV series, did this hook you? Did this? Did it work for you? I am hooked because I was already hooked. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I I don't know if I, I didn't have any context for the story. I don't know that this episode would have hooked me. Right. Okay. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, there was. Yeah, I just say it, it did. It didn't hook me. So I'm not sure if again, if I didn't have like uh, my initial knowledge of the work that I would be like, okay, next episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It would just be like, okay, that was a thing. You okay. Know? So you're saying, so before I go to everyone else, so are you saying that all eight were there, right? You've never read the book. You've now watched the first episode. Are you moved to go to episode two? Not necessarily. Okay. Not necessarily. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, what about you, Charlie? Yeah. I'm hooked. I have not unlike. Yeah, not unlike the Michelle mission, I feel like I need to watch all black media. So I, you know, I might have had to come back to it, but I get tired of watching white shows, y'all. So I'll watch a bad, I love Nollywood. Let, let me put it to you like this. I love Nollywood. So I would watch it. Benson, how do you, how do you think this fared as a first episode of a series? And Yeah, I, I think if you, you don't, I think if you come in with no knowledge of Kindred, not only do I not think it would have hooked me, but I may have said, I don't see what the big deal is about Octavia Butler. The only reason, only reason I didn't land on that point is, and I think for, for some people coming into Octavia Butler, this is going to be the shame of it, is that she, for so many creators, and actually some sci-fi creatives, so not just black creatives, for a lot of sci-fi creatives, was such an influence that some of the things that she put into her work um, have already kind of been seated in other works, right? So that when you come to this, it's going to feel like, oh, this is something I've already seen, you know? I, I, I liken it a, a lot to a few years ago, when they finally got around to a big, you know, adaptation of John Carter from Mars, mm-hmm. right? And it actually is not that, that bad of a movie and not that bad of a story, but so much, so much of modern sci-fi has cherry-picked from that story, which is, at the time was over a hundred years old that it felt like something you had seen before and thus it was a flop and I'm fearful that might be what is happening or might happen with Kindred what would Octavia think what do we think that Octavia Butler would think of this first episode adaptation of her works kindred oh my 
my gosh, I think that she would really think it was interesting, the take. Um, you know, I think that she would laugh, um, laugh about our critiques. Um, you know, I think she would have questions for uh, the writer and be quite proud of him for breaking into television because he's a theater writer. You know, he wrote he wrote works for Broadway for for the stage. Um, so I think she would you know, think that that was quite interesting. Uh, from from my research, Octavia was so interested in so many things um, from the business aspect of you know, writing books and being published and, and good versus bad contracts to the act of being inspired to the diligence of having a writing practice to the social dynamics that she sort of filtered, you know, through and brought into her volumes of writing that I, I really, I'm hard pressed to think to think that she would be insulted or um, or upset about this. I think she'd be super curious. And especially if she was going, this is what I'll say. I don't think that she would have been willing to do this one episode at a time thing with us. I think she would have watched all eight because she could and she wanted to. So that's that's my take on it. Got you. What about you, Vince? I, th- I think she w- would be a great advocate for this. I, I-, I think I-, I think Octavia Butler was always aware of form and function. So mm-hmm. she would say it's a television show. So it's going to be different from the book. And I think she would really be... Um, really kind of put that forward with her fans and say the book is the book. The graphic novel is the graphic novel. This is what it is. And if you are a purist, you should read the book. Okay. Okay. All right. Did you have, you, you, you better a couple of times. Do you have an occasion to talk to her about her books? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 She and I had, a um, had a really good conversation about one of her short stories that I actually was writing about and just her work in general. And that's how I know she was open to interpretations of her work because, you know, I was, you know, I was young and full of piss and vinegar and I actually had an interpretation of her story that contradicted her interpretation of her story. And she was, you know, she was like, everyone, comes at this differently. Everyone has their own reading. It's like that old chestnut, like, you know, you never see the same Shakespeare play twice. So I do, I think she would be open to an interpretation, but saying that that's what this is, an interpretation. Like she wouldn't be as irritated as I am about it. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure anybody is as irritated uh, about it as you. It's uh, true, Vince. I tend to be cranky.
And now we are getting to the part that Vincent, Ariel, and Charlie have been waiting for. And according to the chat, so many of you have been waiting for, because as you have been noting, it is hard not to compare this to the book. That is very true. That is very true. So we're moving into the part of the show that we are calling BVS book versus show. And, you know, I know nothing about the book. I didn't read the book, but from the only thing I actually knew about the book was because I didn't even know the, the person's, the lead character's name was Dana. Wait a minute. BVS. Yes. You're not slick. <laughs> <laughs> Batman versus Superman. It's book versus show. I know, but I still feel like that was inspired from something else. <laughs> the uh, the only thing I knew about the about the, the the book was that it was set in the seventies, right? Right. I think it was nineteen seventy six. Yeah, for yeah. yeah. I want to yeah. yeah. believe that. So so they moved it ahead into 2016 which again speaking to what you you kind of alluded to ariel about how there is a more of uh a slow burn to them getting to know one another in the book um no they're married in the book oh they're married in yeah the book. so that's what i said yes. they have a more established i just said they had a more established relationship oh, okay. in the book okay. so it's not any of this like Hi, how, you know, they're right, not. Right. Oh, oh so they're, and, they're and I, and, and it's so cute. In today's day and age, like because we're in 2022, it made sense in a way to at least make it somewhat modern. Otherwise, you have a period piece within a period piece. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? At least now it's like, okay, present day, relatively, and then the past. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so I I under I understand that, but um, yeah, I think but uh, the the it being different decades also affects again the coming together of these two in you know these two people who are different races and what that looks like based on in yeah. the 70s versus 2016 okay okay I, I didn't know it was that big of a change i was like oh yeah married oh okay all right oh buckle up there are more changes the way that they come together though i think that they're i think that they try to take care of some of these distinctions and differences through other devices. So in the book, well, the adaptation of the book to the graphic novel, they they created a scenario where they have this fast romance that's at work. And in within four months, you know, so we know that they have a quick, they have a very short engagement to get to the marriage. And I think that I think that the use of social media, you know, online dating, um, the millennial relationship sort of uh, lifeline timeline, is the way that they show us that it's going to be a fast and you know, hot, uh, what do they say? It's it's hot and ready the relationship. Um, hot and fast. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, and then I think something else that I saw, whereas they were both writers, I really appreciated actually that they made him a musician and 
her, uh, you know, a TV writer, because they're still both artists, which is also very believable, especially in LA. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I like that. I liked it. I'm okay with these adaptations because I'm curious and I want more. So if we, if it takes that to get us there, I'm good with it. (laughs) All right. Y'all want, you want to dive a little bit? Y'all want to dig a little bit? Let's go. Get me upset. I want to be as upset as you. Here's my pro. Okay. I had a couple of problems. All right. First of all, I don't like her being so financially stable based on efforts that had nothing to do with her, like her selling the house. Like the thing that I love about the 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 the, the book. Remember, Dana is is working these warehouse jobs. She's she's staying up all night, which, as you know. This is directly Octavia Butler's experience where she worked these jobs to, to kind of, so she would, she worked these mindless jobs so that she would have space to write because she was on her grind. And I think you can update it and still have this character be on her grind. Like she can, you, you know, be part of the gig economy She's doing her whole thing. This whole bit where she comes into this money because she sold the house, I think in a lot of ways undermines her serious, like how serious she appears. Now, I'm sure, you know, there's going to be an arc. But from this first episode, she does not strike me as somebody who's going to be capable of dealing with what she's going to have to deal with. Like, I'm glad her mama is there because... She's just sort of, you know, not a trust fund kid, but, you know, like. She raised herself, Vince. We don't know her that. Mother had, they said it in the episode. They when said, she meets her mother, she says, who's been taking care of you? Right. And but, she's like, no one. I mean, I assumed her grandmother and this aunt, I know she sold a $2 million brownstone. But it wasn't her mother. I know it wasn't her mother, but I'm saying this is a woman who can't remember to charge her phone. Like this is like this is you know, there's a woman who can't, you know, like she doesn't have a shower curtain and and she didn't set up her Wi-Fi. Like you know, she's very millennial, she's very sort of TV millennial and Gen Z, but y'all are not gonna use the word millennial as an insult. Cause I'm, I'm on the, the back end of it. Okay, no, no, no. watch it. TV millennial. I'm also a man. I am also a millennial. Yeah. <laughs> it's very TV oh, millennial. It's very television millennial. Like this is very much you. You know, again, I'm sort of doing my little thing, and I think literacy is at the center of so much of Kindred. I actually like the fact that both of them were writers, because when they do travel in the past. So much of of the conflict is around literacy, which, you know, Kindred is connected to this postmodern slave narrative tradition that you get in something like The Color Purple or or Beloved, you know, her contemporaries. So them, you Mm -hmm. know, this sort of sanding the literacy part of it, like, like, I I, like. I think... 
I think that whereas that legacy is postmodern slavery, I think this one is more rooted in freedom. And that's why we get to experience her as a as a person who has had who's who's in the act of overcoming great adversity, not having had a mother and a and having had a mother who experienced mental illness and then having this windfall where she doesn't have to worry about money. Because I think that that uniquely positions and I'm speaking from uh, experience as a millennial, as a person who has had to deal with the emotional and like generational traumas of my family, I think it's uniquely positioning her to like sort out some of that stuff in a way that someone that's coming up in the 70s is not doing. But is that kindred though? Like like now we've, because it her mother's not in the book, Lynn. This whole bit with her mother is a brand new addition. I know. Really? Yeah, yeah, not at, her, all. yeah. at all. Yeah, this whole bit with her mother is brand new. Whoa, whoa. But wait, can, and I guess I'm thinking, I keep, because we keep talking about the mother's mental illness and the aunt bringing that up. So is the, is, is that full time? No, yeah. And, and talked about it and they're like, oh, she's, yeah. you know, nuts. And then they, this car accident That's happens, she gets pulled back and never gets brought back. So they right. just assume, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Th- yeah. Th- that's certainly the implication that I had. And then, of course, th- I, I, it's not said, but and I think you, you just alluded to it that the car accident happens because she driving. Yeah, she, that's it, what I'm thinking. And she got right, pulled back right. and then caused the accident, right? Which, right. which, which again then the opens husband. up the the question like, what is the trigger of this? You right, know, right. but that's amazing. I, now, now y'all have blown my mind that the mom <laughs> well, is not in the book. In the book. None of these people yeah, are in the book. book. Wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, oh, they really stretched out first. like her side of the family for the series. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. None of this is oh in my the book. God. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, and also, and also in the book, I think there is no New York. I think she lived in a different part of California and moved. Like right, she lived in LA and moved. She's actually to in a California. I don't think. I, yeah. Yeah, from the beginning. So the New York yeah. piece is also added. Are we sure they yeah, adapted the right kindred book? <laughs> they did. But the reason that she's coming from New York is because she left California to go to New York. She's coming back. Yeah. So this is, we have to, she's a child of the character that we once knew. You know, like her name's the same, but it's not. <laughs> I don't. Uh. <laughs> yeah, none of this is in the book, Lynn. It's true, Len. None of it's in the book. So, so, uh, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, so the mom's not in the book. The aunt and the uncles aren't in the book. What about the the whole reason she keep, keeps getting pulled back? Rufus, little kid. Yes, he's in the. He's book. in the book. Rufus though, is in right? the book. So when she, when she is pulled back. But the first time she meets Rufus in the book is when she pulls him out of the river. That whole piece of him, her flipping him on his back when he was in his bassinet is also added. Right, that's also not in the book. Yeah. When he drowns is the first time she leaps. I feel like we have to treat her her and her mother character 
I think we have to treat those two characters like they're the one character for right now. I mean, Just like sure. why not? I'm waiting for the aliens. So wait a minute. Len's catching up. So <laughs> Did the scene first of all? I'm just real quick with Rufus. The scene when she does pull him out of the the river. That's in the book. Did that scene play out? The, okay, so it did. did it play out the same way in the book? Like yes. the woman got mad and yeah, yeah and the she, husband pulls the gun and, and on her, and that's when she gets right. pulled back. Yeah, the the fire though is wow. different. The fire scene. It's supposed to be that. She stops it from becoming this right. I was about to say it is the fire. She stops him playing with the fire. Right. He's like playing with just a stick. And then then this time it's a whole raging thing that might take over the house. I mean he lit the curtains on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Can I say that also this is supposed to be taking place in um she's getting pulled back to Eastern Maryland. Yeah. Easton is right near where Harriet Tubman's mm-hmm. family live. Right. And I'm actively producing a film about that area of Maryland. Yeah. So this is even crazier yeah. for me because I feel like I am in this time loop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Len, are you okay? Wow. So, okay. <laughs> so there's so much that is different from the book. It's yeah. so I question whether or not this is the book at all, but there's so much that is different from the book. Then let me ask you, because we're led to believe, at least from this one episode, that's all we, that's all the information we have that the, 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 the driving plot of this move of, of this is going to be the situation with her mom. You know, why, why the two of them are getting, getting pulled back in time and everything like that. Right. So, and I think the bigger question is, why is her mom stuck there? And why is her mom stuck? Because she said she's been there, what did she say, 12 11 years? years. Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. Not 12 11 years, years because, it, it, because 11. It, it worked out age-wise. Yeah, she said 11. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to be 12 years of slave, though. Then what is the tension of the book, then? The tension of the book... All right, Lynn, you ready? The reason she and Rufus are connected, Rufus is her ancestor. Rufus is white in the book. Right. Yes. Yeah, so Rufus yes. is a future slave owner who is her yes. ancestor. And what she realizes fairly early in the book, because I'm rereading it, is that she's basically going to have to let Rufus rape her ancestor for her to exist. Right. Uh so Octavia's work is like way darker than people really understand. That's dark as shit. I mean, and it's and it does really. Uh, what's the what's the phrase? It puts her in a catch twenty two because obviously you don't want to. Obviously, you don't want to, or she that Dana does not want to allow this to happen. But it's like, but if she doesn't, she doesn't exist. Hey, Lynn. The first line in the book, the very first sentence. You don't even have to read the book. You can pick up the book at the bookstore and read it. The very first sentence, I lost an arm on my last trip home. My left arm. That's how the book starts. This is why I was gritting my teeth with them them being all cutesy in the mattress. 
Yep, she lost her arm. The police are there. Kevin's yeah. arrested. It's hot. The block and that's is hot. how the book starts. When the book starts. Mm. Mm. Well, they're, set, they're kind of setting all of that up. They're setting all of that up, especially when she comes back and she's got the black eye from the, the slave master beating her, but she's waking up in, in Kevin's arms, you know. Um, so they're kind of setting up that there's going to be like this you know, uh, a misunderstanding of because she's got the super nosy neighbors, and I guess she can't really. Say I know that. it's like nosy, but but at the same time, thanks for checking. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> that's you know, true. sometimes it's people feeling like, oh, we shouldn't get involved, and that's how you know we get on. You know, terrible news. That's so it was. True. It was definitely like, and I think the one thing I noted about the couple is, is like, I mean, they're clearly nosy and i'm i'm not going to say 100 percent trust them either but they did seem more concerned about like is she okay versus because that could have played out differently because here's this white guy in this assuming is a very expensive house right. that she bought on the internet yeah. sight unseen um right and has the best oven she has like a retro oven that i was like those any on this and the assumption could have been that it was his house and Again, I just felt like that could have played out differently, but it was obviously they came over because they heard a woman right. screaming. Right. And it was like, and, and the, the woman even says before she left, she says, are you okay? And then yeah. she, she directs that question to Dana um, specifically. specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like one of those things, they are kind of nosy, but you can't be mad. And Charlie, I will say I did see his wife in that moment. I actually thought when we see her on the floor when it opens, I thought her arm was gone. So I was actually surprised. I was like, oh, she still has it. But wait, Vince, what did you say? I saw his whiteness in the moment when the neighbors came. Because if he was a black man and she was a black woman, or if he was a black man and heaven forbid she was a white woman, I think that would have gone a little differently. Very differently. Sure. That's what I'm, I think that there's tension around it the entire, yeah. the entire episode. Very true, very true. Um, and I think that I, I, to go back to the, one of the original questions that we posed around why all the episodes at once, I think that similar to what I'm seeing right now, I have a, one of my good family friends is starring in a show on Broadway that just got canceled after being open for less than a month. I don't think that white marketing executives, white marketing departments know what to do with work like this. Mm -hmm. I agree. I don't think they know what to do with it. And I think they have to give it to us all at once because people don't want to spend the dollars to continue to do the advertising and, or advertising and um, you know, the marketing for, for a work like this. So I don't think people want to actually grapple in this way, mm-hmm. you know, week to week. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we're doing it. I'm glad she's here with us. Yeah. And all y'all, because y'all got some good questions and opinions over there. Are y'all going to watch episode two right after we record tonight? I want to watch it actually weekly. But I have a question for, for all of you. Because you have read the book, does Mallory Johnson, does she outside of the arm, is, is she Dana? Does she feel like Dana? 
I've already said she doesn't feel like Dana to me because I didn't feel I didn't feel as though Dana was a compulsive person in the book. I did, just didn't feel that way. When about you say her. you're saying compulsive, do you mean impulsive? Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, okay. impulsive. Mm-hmm. Um, feels very childlike almost yeah. in the series yeah. because she's just kind of wheeling and dealing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I feel like she's not really thinking about wait, is this the smart thing to do? You know, with this money, and even it's it, like a little older. Like, because she says she's 26. No, she's 26 in the book, I think. Yeah, but it's 26 in 1977. So it's like... Which is older. She was like 53 years old. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. right, okay. Yeah, I got you, I got you. Yeah, Yeah, so I I think that that's a part of the... Oh, sorry, Ariel, go ahead. No, no, so that that was it. It's just like, again, that felt weird. And it almost feels, I want to say like a little manic. She feels manic to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, and I did not feel that way about the character in the book. I will also say, for me, I think, I think one thing that I that I liked about the book that I feel like any medium that uh, has a visual element to it. So you know, we're talking about uh, the graphic novel, we're talking about the series. Is, is you? I did not know that Kevin was white until later on in the book. Maya mm-hmm. stated, right. you know, with absolute certainty that it was a white guy. I remember going back like, did I miss that? Mm. Because it, in my mind, you, I built the characters. It's like, oh, her husband, I pictured a black man. So then when it comes out later in the book where it says specifically, oh, he's white, I was like, wait, did they say that before and I just missed no, it? She, but it was like, no, that wasn't. She threads it out very specifically in the book. Yeah, like she's very deliberate the way she lets you know. Right, but in any medium where you have to see the characters, that's given up right away. And I don't know. There's something. There was something about that realization that made it heavy for me in the moment that I realized it. Gotcha. So as opposed to going in like, oh wait, she's going back in time to the South and enslavement, and she's married to a white guy, mm-hmm. and so they automatically oh races on the table when i started reading the book i wasn't thinking about race in that way it was very much this relationship with the past as opposed to now they're going to have to their marriage or relationship because i don't know how it's going to play out in the series is going to be forever changed Mm -hmm. by this sure you know what i mean you can't you can't go back i mean that's the whole thing with slavery it's like you once once you are tainted by it you're like forever tainted yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. So there's no return to innocence. So I, I just, I feel like that, that was again, one thing that I, I appreciated about the book. Like, again, it, the, when that hits me, like, oh my God, he's a white guy. That makes stuff a whole lot messier. Right. Right. Go ahead, Charlie. I, I appreciate uh, that Ariel. And uh, two things. One is I think that the way that they're trying to set this Dana up, in the series is that this experience is about to be her rite of passage. I think that's why they've got her sort of infantile and uh, compulsive. I mean, um, yeah, compulsive or impulsive, excuse me, impulsive. Um, So I think that that's what's happening there. And I'm, I'm a Gemini. So I'm, I'm the way that my mind is working. I'm trying to like make, excuses and reasons for everything I have a problem for on the spot, which is why I'm like, 
I'm okay with it all because I've already reasoned it away <laughs> in my head. Um, but this, the second thing that uh, you just made me think of is remembering that at the end of the episode, we hear her mother like lose it that her father didn't make it out, that she did, she wasn't raised by anyone. So now, now we're dealing with the fact that her mother is not sure if the father is still in 1815 alive or if he's oh, on the no. other side or if something is You think her dad is going to show up? Wait, I think it might even be more fucked up than that. Excuse me, can we cuss? I already did. No. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, great. Um, I think it might get even worse because of the way that they're setting up this Kevin character. I don't know if mm -hmm. they're going to create some like weird ancestor fiddle faddle there. And I'm going to be real mad about it if they if they bring like an incest thing to I mean I mean, in the novel, at the end, Rufus tries to rape her. So, I, well, I mean, oh in yeah. Addition to that, Ugh. I actually forgot about that scene in the I book. It until until Vince just said it, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that he yeah. he tries to rape. I'm Dana. deep into yeah. a reread right now, uh -huh. so it's real. It's 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 all visceral for me. So, sure, I think. Do you think it's split personalities? I wish. <laughs> I, I think this is a, a little bit of a nitpick, but I think it's also something based on the vast majority of Octavia Butler's characters. Octavia Butler was a very tall woman. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of her protagonists, including Dana, were tall women. Mm -hmm. Like she makes a point in the book talking about the fact that Dana and Kevin are the same height. And when she first goes back, Rufus mistakes her for a man. So that's all. So Dana being very sort of, um, you, you know, kind of, I don't know what. She, yeah, she's right. the pocket. That threw me a little bit. Like it threw me how small she was. Because that's not Dana. And again, you you know, it's like the, the sister in Fledgling, maybe the sister in Mind of My Mind. But besides them, every single female protagonist, Butler makes a point of saying these are tall women. So that kind of, you know, and again, I know that's that's also part of my purest stuff coming out. That, but that coupled with her being kind of impulsive, I was just like, all right, I, okay, sure, it's Dana. All right. Oh, her mom. Yeah. You know, to be fair, to, to be honest, hearing such wholesale changes to the story and the characters kind of like not feeling like the book because and you know they're always going to change make some changes right there's always going to be some changes i'm wondering if this is maybe part of the reason why the show got the slot and is getting the release that it got you know in december like you know i said like you know you're kind of putting something out there for maybe people to watch over the holidays 
How many times do people put like a a, a a thriller that deals with slavery for people to watch? Like, hey, let's sit around the fireplace on Christmas and watch Kindred, you know? Um, and they kind of like dropped all eight at, eight at a time. I'm wondering if that maybe is part of that reason. Maybe they looked at the final project and were like, um, all right, I'm tell you what we're going to do with this. We're going to put this out here now. I'm just, I'm just wondering because a lot of what you're saying, uh, the things that you're talking about, I do have to say that the, the whole mother thing, the mother not being in there, it's blowing my mind because you know I watched this with with my girlfriend and her daughter who have not read read Kindred either, and that part really hooked them, right? So there's a, a part of me that's wondering, okay, if they, if the mother angle wasn't there, would they have been hooked? But, you know, the whole idea of them being married, these characters not feeling 100% authentic to the book. I'm wondering like if that actually had been a, adapted and the, and the character Rufus, at least as you, you play him out, if that actually had been adapted, you know, how much more, real and, and and invested in the show I might have been because that sounds like mad more interesting than you know what happened with the mother even though it did hook you know someone else you know just the, the way it was played out didn't really 100% hook, hook me because I kind of saw it coming but what y'all suggested sounds like crazy interesting I wish that was what was on screen you know well it's just one That's episode true. it's only one we've only seen yeah. one episode that's true. So let's pump our brakes. Pump your brakes. We'll see. We'll see what's ha happening. All right. All right. Now we're going to get to our last part of the episode, ladies and gentlemen, where we're going to share some Butler stuff. Just giving you for because this may be for some fans their introduction to Octavia Butler. We're going to share with you some factoids about Octavia Butler. This kindred is probably is it safe to say that is this maybe her most most popular work? The 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 one that is more known this by most, yeah, you know, I think this most read. I would say it's probably now it's probably now neck and neck with Parable of the Sower because of the resurgence of that text given the pandemic. I know. Is it isn't that crazy? It's wild. Yeah. Let's tell the 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 listeners, um, if they want to get invested in Octavia Butler, let's let's go through in in either one of you can take it. Let's go through the books of Octavia Butler that are out there for them to to catch up on. There's so many. I mean, you you have okay, so you have really three main series that she did. Three main uh, series. You have uh, the 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 two parable books. Parable of the Sower and Parable of the Talents. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if, um, you know, Charlie, maybe you saw some. I know there were notes for Parable of the Trickster, which is what she was kind of working on, on and off, but that was never published. But Parable of the Sower, Parable of the Talents are the parable books. 
you have um, Xenogenesis, which is a trilogy. So that is Dawn, Imago, Adulthood Rights, and, and Childhood Rights. Adulthood Rights. I'm sorry, Adulthood Rights. And then you have the Patternist series, mm-hmm. which is like a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So you have um, Pattern Matter, Mind of My Mind, Clay's Ark. You have a a, a a book that I'm not going to say she disavowed, but she didn't want it to be. Re- it, it went out of um, public. It went out of print. Yeah. And and she was and Octavia Butler was never really happy with it. Mm-hmm. Although I'm a fan of it. Survivor. I haven't read Survivor. I need to get my hands on it. Oh, Charlie, you know what you do? PDF. Go down to Bloxton okay. at Temple. Okay. And it just, that's what I did. Just sit there because they have a copy. Because okay. it's hard to find. Yeah, yeah. They cost $5,000. Look, you know what? The funny thing is that we, we were talking before before um, the show, you said, talking about England. Mm-hmm. Apparently, you could find them in England for it because it didn't go out of print in England at first. Okay, thank you. But, but that's, it's one of my grails, a, a copy of Survivor. Okay. Um, anything else? And I think that's all of the pattern. Oh, wild seed. I didn't say wild, wild seed. seed. Yeah. Okay, wild seed, wildflower. Uh, you have the collection of short stories, blood child and other stories. Yeah. And then you have the standalone book, which was her last book. Fledgling, Fledgling is crazy. Fled, fledg, fledgling is at work. Yeah. Fledgling is actually the one that I encourage people to read if they have not read her before, because I, I do. And I think it's because the themes, well, one, it introduces you to how dark it can get, how dark shit can get. Um, But two, the themes feel so, she kind of, as usual, was ahead of her time with bringing in this like contemporary blood hungry, flesh hungry kind of walks among us type kink character. Mm-hmm. It was, it was like all of her texts are very queer. Yeah. But yeah, this yeah, one absolutely. in particular, I was like, oh, I, I think people will feel this and it's not tied to a series. So they won't feel, I, you know, I felt like they'd get a full beginning and end, you know, they'd have a full, they'd come to some closure if they read Fledgling versus the series um, text. One thing just to, to circle back to the show and, and, and a little bit of defense for the decision for the mother character, I actually read an interview with um, the the playwright and and what's his name? His name just slipped my mind. Brandon Jacobs Jenkins. He said that he was going through Butler's work in, in her in her her, her 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 letters. Yeah. And apparently initially, and I'd forgotten this, Kindred was supposed to be connected to the Patternist series. Oh. So the Patternist is is basically a family, it, it's a family of telepaths and psychics. But it's all very much tied up in lineage. 
So he thought that that was interesting that Dana was supposed to be part of this lineage. I think that I read this initially thinking that she was because of the mental health themes. Well, well, that's the communities in LA. I think that I assumed that. It it reminds you of Mind of My Mind. Uh It's the Mind of My Mind Uh stuff. Yeah. Because they think everybody in Mind of My Mind has mental issues. Yeah. But really they're just psychic. Yeah. Hyper, hypersensitive. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a reason for the mother. Alexa is listening to us. Um, part of the Beat Connection podcast says, uh, thank you for all the suggestions. She was introduced to her through uh, the Blood Child uh, yeah. uh, short stories. And Robert Monroe Hi. Jr. says that he has a copy wow. of Survivor. Got it on eBay in 2000. That's amazing. Wow. Congrats. Well done. Yes. All right. Well, this is, this is, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. This is our first episode first episode of ripples in time um we will be back here next thursday 7 p.m but i hope you've enjoyed this because i've enjoyed this i've i've had i've had my mind has been blown um and we're going to you know uh, as part of the series uh it's going to be usually the four of us um as, as we can make it, we're going to see if we can bring on a couple of guests every once in a while. I'm actually going to, uh, I've got to reach out to the artist of the Kindred graphic novel, John Jennings. Um, so we're going to see if we can't get him to sit in on an episode of the show. So that'll be cool. Tons of Octavia Butler fans out there. So we'll see if we can't get one or two um, special guests uh, during in these eight episodes uh, or maybe we'll have like a big grand special ninth episode where we'll just sit and chop it up about the series in general and just have a good time um but we're going to try and make this fun for you ladies and gentlemen and we appreciate all of the missionaries who are checking us out on our youtube channel and are listening to us as the show shows up in our podcast feed um, brought to you by podglomerate all right so uh, we we don't have a parting we don't have a parting line, Vince. A long farewell. <laughs>